you're ready to talk fantasy football, then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Burke. Welcome back to the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Monday, August 13th, which means week one of the preseason is in the books, which means, partner, we have podcasting content. We sure do. Woo! A couple of weeks, maybe a little over a month, trying to fill some time. I think we did a pretty good job, though. We, you know, getting some different things to talk about, but now you get some preseason games. We get to see some of these uh, youngsters make an impact. We also get to see a lot of these guys suffer some injuries, and a lot of them are already popping off, and uh, some notable names, too, uh, with some uh, slight uh, injuries to deal with. Hopefully uh, not too serious, but, uh, yeah, we got some content, my friend. We are refreshed and replenished, and I can tell you that my wife now thinks I'm cheating on her on NFL Game Pass. Oh, do I love that. <laughs> Baby! <laughs> Popping out video clips on the Twitter, getting thousands upon thousands of views. You are just living, <laughs> living the dream right now. You get these views coming in. You, you, you can't be more thrilled than what's going on with yourself there and uh, getting 30,000 views on a uh, Clipper Royce uh, Freeman or 3,000 views. And uh, you won't stop texting me about it, my friend. Living the dream and living on the couch. Here we go. <laughs> First quarter. All right, Scott, news and notes. We got a lot of stuff here. Some stuff broke today, so it's it's very robust here in news and notes in quarter one. The Niners signed running back Alfred Morris. This was a response because Jarek McKinnon got hurt in practice the other day. Matt Breida got hurt. It just leaves Joe Williams, who Kyle Shanahan banged on the table for a couple drafts ago and hasn't done much. However, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator partner when Alfred Morris was in Washington. Is this relevant in redraft? Uh, it's only relevant if the two guys ahead of them, and I'm not talking about Williams, talking about McKinnon and Breida, who's also a little bit banged up, have some trouble getting back uh, to playing uh, playing shape and being able to be ready to go for the regular season. If not, it's a depth it's a depth chart filler. Um, that's really all it is until we find out McKinnon and or Breida are out for an extended period of time. You smell that? Smells like somebody's losing goal line touches. Be careful with Jarek McKinnon. Next one, Delicia Corden, the ex-girlfriend of LaShawn McCoy, has filed a personal injury lawsuit against him Monday. We are not big into politics here on the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast, but it is worthy of note, Scott, she didn't press charges against McCoy, but her friend came out with these accusations, but now she's filing a personal injury lawsuit, which means he must be guilty of something I got to tell you, partner, how is he making it through this year without going on the commissioner exemplist? Yeah, I'm not sure. Roger Goodell, he's quick with that uh, suspension hammer. And this reeks of at least a couple games regardless of what the final outcome is. So, I mean, if I had to look at this, I, I project this to be a two to four game thing. Uh, when, though, is a different story. Does it happen in time for the beginning of the year? Does it happen during the season? You know, yep, like Zeke seen, Elliott. Yep. Yeah, we've seen a lot of these things drag on. So I, 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 I would guess McCoy is going to face something. The not pressing charges things leaves this a little bit fishy. Um, again, we're not at the politics, so it's only what we can re- re- read what we see, and that, and that's about it. But, yeah, he's most likely going to find his way on that list. And, again, it's just a matter of when. I wouldn't expect it to be more than four games. I'd put it in that two- to four-game category, maybe even a two-game after an appeal. And uh, depending on what the Bills are doing, we'll see when he uh, serves it. 
Boy, I remember somebody writing an article on how LaShawn McCoy should be traded at the beginning of last preseason. Too bad the Bills don't pay attention to that and follow at Randall Rant. Next one, NFL.com's Ian Rappaport reports that Alshon Jeffrey, because of offseason shoulder surgery, could begin the year on the reserve or PUP list, which would cost him six games. Scott handicapped that Eagles wide receiving core if Alshon Jeffrey is not in for the first six games. I mean, stock up Mac Hollins, maybe. I mean, somebody you want to look at, Nelson Aguilar goes up. The tight end, Zach Ertz, definitely goes forward even more. And then maybe Dallas Goddard, who made a very nice impression in the preseason game against the Steelers, he, he gets a little bit more looks. Uh, you know, both of us not really big Jeffrey guys to begin with, so you, you kind of look at these guys. Mike Wallace is there, too. But there it is. I wanted to hear it. Hell hath no fury like a Steeler fan scorned. Ah, no, I'm just saying he's there. I'm not saying he's going to get anything. If you let me finish, I would have said he's more of a feast or famine type. All right. Obviously, the big beneficiary here is going to be a guy like Ertz and maybe a guy like Aguilar who can maybe move forward off a nice season he had last year and really step into that number one role. I'm just excited because I have Mike Wallace in your dynasty league. That's did it. you see your 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 favorite guy, Martavis Bryant, missed practice today with a headache? Oh, uh, yeah. I may put a tweet out, by the way, on that saying. The mark in the room is the guy who drafts Martavis Bryant. I can't even get into that. That's not even making the news and notes. That's how much I, I hate him. Uh, Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen was promoted to the second team offense in Monday's practice. We'll get into the games in a little bit. NFC home games, AFC home games of the preseason. Scott, he wasn't terrible. He tossed he tossed a touchdown. I think he ran for 25 yards. Are we looking at the Bills starting quarterback week one? Maybe, but isn't it, isn't it crazy to think that probably the leader right now is Nathan Peterman? It's he's, true. He's, he's the number one guy probably in the clubhouse after – Week one of the preseason. Um, listen, if Nathan Peterman is what you have to beat to become the starting quarterback on this football team, then Josh Allen, if he doesn't, there'd be a lot to be left to be desired with Josh Allen. So there's a very good chance he's going to be the starting guy. It sounds like AJ McCarron's right now the number three. You know, things can change. We're only one week into the preseason, but yeah, I'd put this at about a maybe a forty percent clip to Josh Allen's the number one guy week one. Hey, that dynasty orphan I took over last year got Josh Allen and Mitchell Trubisky. Sling it, Josh. Devontae Booker started the Broncos preseason opener against the Vikings. But I will tell you this, and I don't know if you saw, I, I put out a, a video there on Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah, I might, I might have mentioned that. Scott Royce Freeman is going to take this job. He's big. He's fast. He's like 220 pounds. Devontae Booker hasn't done much in these last two years. I mean, could they possibly give it to him at the goal line? I guess Royce Freeman's going to be the starter. I'm guaranteeing it right now. One of your models is not to be uh, Scotty Kneejerk, Mikey Kneejerk, or whatever it might be. I mean, it's impressive what we saw from Freeman, but I think in this case, he probably will be the guy out of the gate. He looked very good. It's a preseason game at home against the Vikings and whatnot. But yeah, uh, Royce Freeman was very impressive, and this could be one of those sneaky guys to look for and uh you know just flip it around you know there's uh sports gambling legal now in our our state a great state of uh new jersey here and DraftKings has a little prop bet on which rookie finishes with the most fantasy points DraftKings style oh tell me he's eight to one saquon barkley is minus 125 royce freeman plus 1200 oh my god so give me that you know let's monitor that situation and see we'll see how that works out but that that that's worth a couple couple shekels, I think, at plus 1,200, Mr. Freeman. In what world, Scott, would the Broncos start Devontae Booker over Royce Freeman? Devontae Booker was a fourth-round pick. He has 4.58 40-yard dash speed. He's 5'11", 219. Royce Freeman was a third-round pick. He has 4.54 speed at 6 feet, 229 pounds. He's bigger, he's faster, and has higher draft capital. Why would he not win the job? 
No, I'm with you. I mean, I, I for a while there, I thought Booker had a chance to maybe compete for this number one job, but Freeman's a better all-around back. He's built better. He's younger. He makes more sense in what they're going to try to do because, again, I know it was only preseason and about two drives, but Case Keenum looked horrendous. Paxton Lynch, Lynch looked brutal. He may be on his way out in Denver. So the, the MO there is going to be try to run, and if you're going to try to run, you want to try to run with the most better physical back and the better overall back and on paper, at least, and what we saw week one, that's where it's fit. Redskins coach Jay Gruden doesn't expect to add a running back with Darius Geis out for the season with a torn ACL. You buying this, Scott? I'm not. And I, if I'm the Redskins, I'm, I'm looking at that game late Saturday night where uh, the Lions basically ran Amir Abdullah into the ground in a preseason game trying to showcase what he may have in a trade value situation. That's a player, if I'm the, if the Redskins, I'm looking at, take a shot here because you, you, I know it's only been one year of P. Ryan, but we weren't overly impressed. Rob Kelly, I don't think, has got it. And then you're really going to roll out Capri Bibbs and uh, Byron Marshall. Mir Abdullah may be a change of scenery. He's still young. He was running pretty well in that preseason game. That'd be somebody to watch, and maybe they go out and maybe make a move for us. So I'm not buying it because I don't think you can go into the season with these guys as your running backs, especially when you have a quarterback like Alan Smith now who's going to try to manage it a little more than Kirk Cousins did with slinging it. I'd look for Abdullah maybe to wind, find out his way into Washington. Bucks coach Dirk Cotter says Peyton Barber is our start- starter after Ronald Jones had a less than exciting preseason week one. Peyton Barber, you picking him up? Redraft? Uh, redraft, maybe. I don't know. I took both of them in the Dynasty League just in case this happened and it took Jones some time to, to get the job. Still might be a coach big kind of deal. We're only one week in. Ronald Jones goes out there in the next preseason game and runs for 48 yards or 50 yards at about seven or eight carries and picks up his run blocking when we have a different scenario. Um Depends on where you're going to get Peyton Barber, you know. Top of my head, Peyton Barber's got to be what? It's got to be towards the end, right? We're looking at 12th, 13th round, maybe. Even oh, definitely, yeah. Probably not even being drafted in some situations unless you're a team backfield guy like like yourself. Uh, I'd, I'd watch this situation play out a little bit more. Ronald Jones, healthy draft pick used on him. Let's see what he can do a couple more preseason games in. Barber's 13th round, RB53 in PPR formats. Kyle Shanahan expects George Kittle to be ready for week one. I put this in so I could say, praise Jesus! (laughs) As long as he's good to go, then he's good to go, my friend. That should be a nice connection in San Francisco with Jimmy G. I'm looking forward to seeing some things out there, and I'm sure you'll be watching a ton of Game Pass film on the uh, San Francisco 49ers this year. The Chicago Tribune reports second-round wide receiver Anthony Miller is locking down a, is locking down slot duties in camp, which means he's locking down the top receiving role in Chicago. <coughs> Allen Robinson. Yeah, yeah, you might he, he might be. I mean, it's still a little early to anoint him number one. He's still a rookie receiver. We've seen him struggle, but at all accounts, he's looked very good in camp. Um, and someone definitely to watch, and I'm sure his ADP continues to climb. I think a healthy Allen Robinson will cause some issues there. Um, you know, take a little bit away from him, obviously, but that could be a decent one-two punch in Chicago if, if Robinson can stay healthy and Miller can show he can handle the workload. There's a there's a uh, tweet out today of him catching a punt with one hand. The guy is talented. Second quarter. All right, Scott, I'll set you up here. NFC home games. We had, I believe, six, I think it was, NFC home games, and the rest are AFC home games. We're just going to go over it. I'll throw it to you. You name some things that stood out to you. I'll name some things that stood out to me. Because, again, we don't want to be knee-jerk. You know that. I'm against that. However, I do think that not all things that occur 
are irrelevant. And I always hearken back to Arian Foster. The reason I was able to draft Arian Foster in one of the leagues and had a nice run to the championship until Aaron Rodgers got hurt that year and I had to start uh, Kerry Collins was he, I noticed him in preseason. So you have to you have to be discerning. Some stuff matters. Some stuff doesn't. So tell me what matters here. Browns 20, Giants 10. What'd you say? Yeah, I mean, we saw we all saw that explosive run from Saquon Barkley on the first play of the game, a 39-yard run, had everybody in MetLife Stadium jumping, praising the Lord. They drafted him, and then after that, we saw three carries for four yards. So, like you know, we, we saw something explosive. They have a little bit of talent there. Barkley's got some talent, a good spot to be. A little concerning. I'm sure you saw today in practice, pulled up a little bit lame. Looks like he's a minor hamstring yep, strain, so yep. that'd be something worth monitoring. Sometimes those minor hamstrings turn into major, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, what I did not like was Davis Webb looked terrible. I know we're talking about a backup quarterback, but it is possibly the future quarterback, and he looked really, really out of sorts. Tried 22 passes, nine completed for 70 yards, but he looked really bad um, on the Giants' side, and that's you know, pretty much really all you saw from a Giants' standpoint. Uh, Beckham didn't play. You know, Sterling Shepard had a couple catches and so forth. Uh, Brown side. Tyrod looked good. Baker looked good. Uh, excuse me. It came out today. One of his teammates actually made a statement to one of the reporters. It's Tyrod. It's uh, Tyrod. Tyrod. He said he's such a. I'm going to call him TT. I'm about to call him TT. He said he's such a nice guy that he's never corrected the media. It's Tyrod. Yeah. Well, you know what? T squared looked pretty good. Um, and I tell you something. I mean, it was just. I mean, again, I know it's a preseason game and it was, you know, week one. But you did get a sense that this team is going to be better. Uh, I think it's just natural. There's more potent, more there. potent offensively. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. The defense, we'll see how that plays out. But Taylor looked competent. We know Taylor's competent. Baker Mayfield looked very good. Uh, Nick Scott, Chubb, how, so- Scott, how are they going to hold him off? I understand that, that Taylor was very good too. And I understand Taylor has control of the offense. But if he's the first round pick and it's even close, man, they're going to start Baker Mayfield. I feel bad because I want to see, I want to see Taylor actually have a full year with a bunch of weapons to see what he can do. But that, that kid looked good. Again, he did. But again, preseason. Um, so, and against second and third stringers of the Giants. So let's just keep that in mind. But yeah, he did look good. Tyrod looked good. Chubb, not so much. Didn't really get much going on the ground, but your boy, David Njoku. Oh, did he look good? When I was riding solo the other night, I called this out of the pod that you were out there doing some sort of dance with your wife. <laughs> and you got the ticker alert, then Njoku's got two touchdowns on 46 yards and four catches, so that, that made you happy. And then, well, I don't know, Scott. All he had was a breakaway touchdown showing his speed, and then he had his verticality jump ball in the end zone there. Oh, what else do you want him to show off? Want him to throw it? Yeah, and then uh, Antonio Callaway, quote, punished by the Browns and plays the entire game. Totally punished by the Browns, and he looked fantastic. He had the breakaway touchdown. He had the toe t- the uh, dragging the toes on the sideline. Great, just give him more time. I Listen, whatever. I- I'm not going to bash you. Everybody does. But playing him more and allowing him more chance to shine so that if he ever does get suspended, the Browns fans are going to be even more heartbroken doesn't make a lot of sense to me. All right, let's go to the next one. Philadelphia hosted uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers 31, Eagles 14. What stood out to you in this game, uh, preseason-wise? Yeah, it was not a ton. I mean, it was kind of vanilla, but certainly Juju Smith-Schuster, Megatron-esque jump there, out-jumping the ball and showing his speed. Certainly, he looks locked in for a very, very solid season. Uh, my guy, Fitzgerald Toussaint, I'm just saying. <laughs> Maybe I'm not able to get hurt. I mean, 7 for 29 and a touchdown. Not fantastic, but over four yards of carry. And Dallas Goddard, listen, if Alshon Jeffrey is out, they could do a lot of two tight end sets, and certainly I could see Dallas Goddard 
being very, very useful in that offense. I could see him, you could possibly start him, even with Zach Ertz there in certain matchups. You probably could. Um, I still like Zach Ertz a lot. And again, still preseason, but God, it looks good. There'll probably be some, some more two tight end sets for Foles or Wentz and Foles to uh, utilize. Whoever gets the call week one, probably going to be Wentz, but if not, Foles will be out there. He, he looks impressive. I mean, that's a high draft pick for tight end. So, yeah, they, they're going to utilize him. I still like Zach Ertz's reliability and uh, his ability to make plays for the Eagles. Packers 31, Titans 17. What do you got here? Some interesting stuff. I'm proud of myself that I have my boy Kumaro in my DraftKings yeah, lineup, which I yeah. cashed mm-hmm. uh, that night. So that was a solid nice. preseason pick. But Marcus Valdez-Scantling, very impressive, trying to compete maybe for that number three job. One of the rookies, five for 101 and a score. Uh, Kumaro at 76 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, two for 57. So the receiving core did well without Aaron Rodgers, so we can imagine what they would do with him. And then the rest was really backup quarterbacks. Sean Kaiser, Brett Hundley, battling for that number two job. I don't know who you'd think it would be, because sometimes that number two job in Green Bay has got no, some it's going to matter, yeah. It's going to matter. definitely has some mm-hmm. importance, because for as good as Rodgers is, He's one tackle away from the broken collarbone, so you got to worry and you know, wonder who it's going to be and that maybe someone to target. God forbid something more to happen to Rodgers. I have no idea, but part of me thinks it's going to be Deshaun Kaiser. It, it really does. I, I think his, his big arm, his youth, we saw what we had from Brett Hundley, and outside the Pittsburgh game, he really didn't do much. He fumbled in this game. So part of me thinks it's Kaiser, but that's just off a of gut. It's something to watch because if Rodgers gets hurt, absolutely, the quarterback has value. Yeah, absolutely. 49ers 24, Cowboys 21, a little old-school NFC rivalry in week one of the preseason what do we see here well sir the running backs looked good Bo Scarborough listen he's he's going to be behind uh, Zeke and he's going to be behind Rod Smith of course Rod Smith actually looked very very good also when he was involved in the passing game but Scarborough was solid two receptions 19 9 for 33 and a score Joe Williams had a score wasn't a high per, per point average Dak Prescott looked solid man and listen I'm with you I don't think they have a lot of weapons but Dak Prescott makes stuff happen with his legs and he is fairly impressive three for three 39 yards a touchdown he had that nice first down rush for 12 and Michael Gallup. Now, Alan Hearns ended up being hurt. He was in and out. So, I mean, there could be value here. If Michael Gallup gets a chance to start, he's going to be at least a wide receiver three, Scott. If Michael Gallup can start in three wide receiver sets for the Cowboys, he is going to be a target because Hearns just seems like he's up and down. I think if he stayed healthy, he'd get, like I said, 60 to 70 receptions. But Gallup had the one score, 30 yards and a touchdown. And Marcus Mosier put out there that there was one where he was lined up wide open. He should have had a second touchdown. So, not much, but just a couple things worth taking note of. Yeah, if Gallup, if Gallup gets out there, he can make some noise. You know I'm a Hearns guy, but the injury is always a concern here. So, But I think Prescott probably has a little more value than people would think, especially if they are coming from behind a lot. He'll be using his legs a lot. He'll be having to make some throws. So Prescott can have some sneaky value as a QB1 late. It's low QB1. Andrew Luck is back. Colts 19, Seahawks 17. Yeah, I mean, looked good, looked healthy. At 64 yards on nine attempts, six completed. That's what you want to see in a preseason game. He's probably out there a little longer than I thought he would be. So that's a good sign. Uh, not a good sign. Marlon, Marlon Mack gets hurt. Oh, Naeem, terrible. Naeem terrible. Hines no, didn't look good. And then Deion Kane out for the season. So tough, tough break there for the skill positions, the young guys in that Colt skill position uh, backfield and wide receiving core. Could be Jordan, so, could be Jordan Wilkins there for the Yeah, Colts. I mean, it could yeah. be. And, you know, and maybe they go out and look for, you know, an Amir Abdullah type or maybe, you know, one or two guys I think would fit well in this offense with a little breakaway speed would be a uh, Jalen Richard or a DeAndre Washington mm-hmm. from yeah. from Oakland. You got to figure one of those two are going to be on the block because you're not going to carry four guys. You're going to have Martin Lynch and one of them will stay. So that's somebody who maybe can make a difference and be helpful. Deion Kane's out for the season. Tough break for the young kid. T.Y. Hilton up. Ryan Grant's up. Darius Fountain. Anyone? I'm not sure. Chester Rogers in the slot. I love him. Yeah. 
Oh, outstanding. Ryan, <laughs> Russell, Russell Wilson completed four passes, a touchdown, 43 yards. We know what he'll be. Nick Vanette may emerge to be a guy in the tight end position that you can watch via streaming streaming tight end replacement for you on a week-to-week basis. They do have Ed Dixon, but he's banged up a little bit. Nick Vanette's younger. He's been in the system for a couple of years. Someone to watch. Could be sneaky tight end value there. Uh, Rashad Penny, we heard, was terrible in pass protection. And Pete Carroll's boy, Chris Carson, 4 for 26, six and a half a carry. Maybe the legend of Chris Carson will continue to grow. Yeah, I agree. Again, this is something worth watching. Penny was not good. Could it be Carson? Could we all be off on this one? It's just amazing that the Seahawks, with everything they need, would spend a first-round pick on Rashard Penny and start Chris Carson. I just don't get it. Yeah, no, it makes no sense. Cardinals 24, Chargers 17. We saw the return of one former number one pick in fantasy leagues, David Johnson. We did. David Johnson, two for 28 and had two really solid rushes. Twitter's going crazy. They're like, we're not, you know, they don't want to go nuts over one reaction, but they don't understand a lot of people how he can be drafted behind Zeke. I do. Austin Eckler, listen, not a terrible late round flyer. You, you've made your thoughts on Melvin Gordon very clear. Five rushes, 22 yards, two receptions, 42 yards in a PPR format. It's not a terrible by week replacement if they're home. And I know he didn't look great, Scott. I know it doesn't matter. I'm just saying if David Johnson gets hurt, Chase Edmonds is legit. He's fast. He's quick. He's from Fordham. No one knows him. He catches the ball. He would be a great waiver pickup if DJ got hurt. Yeah, absolutely. You know, scores a touchdown, so he's got potential should DJ get hurt. I think the one positive concern though with David Johnson is that his injury wasn't a leg injury. You know, it was a wrist injury. Yeah, so that's true. that I think is in his favor. You know, sometimes these guys coming back from the leg, you always have that concern. But the fact that it wasn't, that's always a positive. Third quarter. AFC home games here, partner. We have a bunch of them. We'll start with the Panthers 28, the Bills 23. Certain thing, a lot of things popped here, especially a little on the field argument between Cam Newton and Kelvin Benjamin for the game. Yeah, former teammates get, getting at it there uh, pre, uh, during warmups. Uh, no love lost between Benjamin and Cam. A couple of things that stood out here Christian McCaffrey, four carries, 11 yards. It scored a touchdown, two catches, 29 yards. So this is what we're going to see. We're going to see a lot of McCaffrey. Uh, at least that's what we're hearing from Ron Rivera. And we saw six touches. Uh, in a preseason game, only a couple of series, so that's something to watch for if you're a McCaffrey owner. That's good to see. DJ Moore, very impressive, four for 75. So rookie wide receiver looking to make an impact, maybe even try to steal that number one job away from a Devin Funches, which is very possible. Calvin Benjamin, four for 59 in the score, had a, had a connection there with, I believe, that was Nathan Peterman throwing him the touchdown, so that was good to see for Benjamin if you're looking for a Late round, uh, a flyer looking Benjamin maybe become a wide receiver too, maybe sneak into that conversation. Josh Allen looked all right, a buck 16 in the score, ran for 30 yards. And another young receiver, Curtis Samuel, had four for 43. So that, that Panther wide receiving core, you know, we, we've seen Funches. We kind of have an idea what Funches is. But you got a DJ Moore, you got a Curtis Samuel, you have these guys going to try to make an impact and maybe take some targets away from Devin Funches. Yeah, certain things to talk about here. Uh, McCaffrey got a ton of run in this game, and he actually got a couple balls in the red zone. So I am a little worried about C.J. Anderson. I'm starting to buy into the fact that they're going to use McCaffrey in a variety of ways. Curtis Samuel is someone I think can pop. Here's my hypothetical, Scott. In this range of outcomes, could you see Devin Funches possibly busting, not having a great year, and D.J. Moore and Curtis Samuel taking over this wide receiving target share? Would that be crazy to you? Would that really no, I mean, it wouldn't be crazy right. because we haven't seen Funches really take the lead. Like, he had an opportunity last year when they traded Kelvin Benjamin away, really didn't do much with it. So now he's got two youngsters. Curtis Samuel's been here. DJ Moore's now here. You got guys that are going to fight 
the targets. You have a quarterback that's going to use his legs, but he's also going to make plays happen. So it's a matter of can these guys get open? Can Funches really show some separation and make plays ha- make things happen? If not, DJ Moore is in a good spot. Curtis Samuel can be a sneaky look. And I, and I think Kelvin Benjamin is great in the ninth round, wide receiver 42. Listen, you don't have to love the guy, but he certainly has value there. Bengals hosted the Bears. A little bit of a shootout in preseason. Bengals 30, Bears 27. Some things to talk about from this game, including one of your other key targets this year scoring a touchdown. I like Josh Malone as a late sleeper. I think there's room for a second receiver in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton looked good for Andy Dalton. Six for eight, 103 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He's going as the QB Google, so you could pick him up for free. I think he can support two receivers, particularly if Tyler Eifert is going to end up being hurt. So Josh Malone is the guy that I like. Auden Tate is another guy that some people like, one for 33. Really sort of a, a more tight end role and a wide receiver body. Adam Shaheen, I'm calling it right now, partner, is going to be a problem for Trey Burton. I think Adam Shaheen is going to be on the field. I think he's going to take just enough targets away to be annoying to the Trey Burton owner. That's what I think. I like Adam Shaheen. I think he's going to be pretty decent. And, of course, Joe Mixon had the one spectacular run. That's my thoughts. Can I see Shaheen? Cutting it to Burton's time? I can. Of course I can. Do I, Am I buying it completely? No, I still like Trey Burton to get the bulk of the tight end targets. And, uh, you know, see where it goes from there. Joe Mixon, you know, he's got a chance. This is a chance to run with his job, be the number one guy, and show why he was drafted where he was last year. By the big breakaway run, gets a touchdown. Red Rifle looked all right. So there, there could be some uh, interesting fantasy takes coming out of these two teams this year. Tampa Bay 26, Miami 24. Not a ton here, but a couple things did pop, especially Peyton Barber, right? Yeah, Peyton Barber, 21 in the score. And we already talked about Ronald Jones. How the, the staff's not really happy with him right now. And another guy who looked okay, but did fumble, bad pass protection, and he's already in the doghouse of Miami. And that's Kalen Balage to the point where Ryan Tannehill ripped him one uh, on the practice field and told him to get off the field because he missed a block in practice. So the kid's got some work to do to get his pass protection up. But he did go 10 for 37, 2 for 23 in the uh, on five targets. So if he can get that his pr- pass protection on track, get get his head in the game as far as game plan-wise, he could be definitely a nuisance to Kenyon, Kenyon Drake owners. Only thing I'll say here is Kalen Balaj got yelled at. They were mad at him, got kicked out of the huddle. He had 10 rushes for 37 yards and five targets in the passing game. This is like the player on the team, man, when you're coaching that you yell at all the time. You know why you yell at him? Because you care. I think Kalen Balaj is somebody that they really want to see pop. Saints, Jaguars, Saints 24, Jags 20. Uh, a couple things came out of this game. We saw a couple of youngsters make some plays. We saw a possibly number two running back looked good in case his injury up front. Talk to us about that. Corey Grant, they invested a lot of money in Corey Grant. I think I told you on the Road of His RV32 series, Colin Kelly interviewed J.P. Stradrick for the Jaguars and he said something like Corey Grant is like the eighth highest paid running back in the NFL this year. He's going to be active in the receiving game. He's going to get some rushes as well. So Grant is certainly somebody you're going to keep an eye on. You smartly handicapped him in the Dynasty League as well. Traquan Smith's going to blow up. I love Traquan Smith. I'm not buying Ted Ginn. He's, he's there. I understand that, but Traquan Smith is young, and he's a guy who can really take the top off with Brandon Coleman out and still Cameron Meredith recovering. I like Traquan Smith for late value to make an impact as a first-year wide receiver. And Dede Westbrook, they lined him up all over the place, five targets, three for 32. He's somebody you can look at as well besides the staple in the wide receivers there for the Jaguars, the guy who got the big contract, Marquise Lee. Keelan Cole, another guy to watch there in the uh, Jaguar receiving core as well, but Dede Westbrook could be, could be a very sneaky target if he continues and picks up on what he did last year a little bit. Patriots 26, Redskins 17. We talked about Darius Geis. 
got injured, big run, really frustrating. But talk about what you saw here with the Pats and the Redskins. Yeah, I mean, not too much here for me. Jeremy Hill, 51 in a touchdown. I think that's just preseason numbers. I really don't see him being much of a factor uh, in the regular season. And I have to take an injury to your guy, uh, Burkhead, to really be someone to watch or fumble for Burkhead, either one, for Jeremy Hill to get involved, which is possible. It's a shame about Darius, guys. Yeah, six for 19 before the injury. He'll miss his rookie season. Uh, so we'll see where the Redskins go from there. They, like I said, P. Ryan and Kelly in-house, along with Bibbs and Marshall. I still think they'll look outside, try to bring a fresh face in here. And Cordero Patterson, 2 for 38 for the Patriots. And he may get a little bit more run than he's has in the past when his days in Minnesota and Oakland. But there's a lot of mouths to feed on the Patriots wide receivers. There's a lot of guys, not necessarily that we know they're going to step up and, you know, be the Edelman type or produce those numbers that an Amadola left. But there's a lot of different guys they're going to go for between Dorsett, Patterson, Eric Decker's there. So there'll be a lot of guys for the Patriots to target on top of Gronk as well. So not too much out of this game. Obviously, the big, the big news. The unfortunate injury for Darius Geis. Only thing I'll add here is finally the fantasy community is catching on to Chris Hogan. He is going to be fed targets provided he stays healthy. A month ago, he was going mid-round six. He's now up to mid-round five, and he is the wide receiver 25 on Fantasy Football Calculator. Ravens 33, Rams 7, Act 2 of Lamar Jackson. What do you think? Pretty vanilla here. Lamar Jackson is going to be behind Flacco, but he showed potential certainly with that run. Listen, only 7 of 18. Okay, so less than 50% completion percentage. That's the issue. Scott, Alex Collins is going to be an issue because Kenneth Dixon's hurt. We know what Buck Allen is. Alex Collins came in, two runs, 26 yards. The offensive line is healthy. Marshall Yanda's back. Alex Collins is going to be an issue. I'm starting to like him more and more. Bashard Perryman. Looked terrible initially when, when I when I saw him drop a pass there in the first game, but got better. Three for 71 and a touchdown. And if you want to handicap Gurley or you want to watch out for somebody, John Kelly looks good, man. Just the eye test partner. He looks good. I know, you know, Gurley's the guy there, but if for some reason he got hurt, John Kelly's fast. Yeah, I mean, John Kelly will probably be a waiver wire, uh, you know, darling if Gurley would get hurt. I wouldn't – listen, there's only so many teams you can handcuff and so many times you can handcuff a running back, so – Gurley probably wouldn't be a guy that gets handcuffed, but should, should something happen, watch for Kelly to fly up that waiver wire. Texan 17, Chiefs 10. Boy, Lamar Miller just won't die, huh? Four for 29. I mean, he's he's got to try to be the number one guy, so he looked okay. Brandon Whedon, we don't need to waste that time talking about him. He had two touchdowns, but it doesn't really matter. Marcus Robinson with a touchdown for the Chiefs. And how about my guy, Demetrius Harris? I'm telling you, it may be my Johnny Smith. I understand that. But if Kelsey gets hurt, that guy is big and he's athletic. I'm just saying, Scott. I'm just On top saying. of you being a closet Titan fan, we now know you have a love for backup tight ends with size. Uh, it's definitely <laughs> when he, when he, when he, it's one of your fetishes, my friend. It's a little scary, but it's all right. Demetrius Harris, two for 23. Travis Kelsey would have to break two legs for Harris to really be, make an impact for the Chiefs. Jets, 17. Falcons, nothing. We see Sam Darnold. What did we like? What didn't we like? Good timing on this one. I'm interviewing Daryl Slater of New Jersey Advanced Media on Wednesday for the RB32 team preview series. And I'm going to talk about Sam Darnold. It looks like Sam Darnold is taking the elevator to the penthouse to start in week one. And all of a sudden, partner, the Jets have a wealth of quarterbacks. They have a 39-year-old but very competent Josh McCown, who had a good year last year. It was a good play for you in DFS. I know you like playing him. Teddy Bridgewater looks back and completely healthy. 7 of 8, 85 yards and a touchdown. And Darnold, 13 of 18, 96 yards and a touchdown. He hit my guy, Isaiah 
Crowell with a great catch. I was excited. He started out wide. He caught a pass. You know he can run between the tackles, but then he gets concussed, of course. And any interest in Charles Johnson making a comeback here? Three for 45 and a touchdown? I mean, the Jets wide receiving core isn't fantastic. I need to see it again. I need to see it for another week or two. Uh, not fantastic, but there are some names, some veteran names. I think Jermaine Curse will be okay. You know, we see Tar- can we see the reincarnation of Terrell Pryor? Maybe. I mean, maybe Charles Johnson, Robbie Anderson, obviously, Quincy Anunua. I mean, it's the, the, the five guys right there. But I would need to see it for another week or two. I'm sure maybe he'll find his way on his team as a fifth wide receiver, maybe get some special teams action, and maybe some injuries in front of him can uh, get him involved. But right now, let's see it for a couple more weeks. Raiders 16, Lions 10 uh, produced one of my favorite videos that I put out on Carrion Johnson on a run that did not count. Yeah, yeah, Carrion Johnson looked good, even though that run was called back. Doesn't matter, 7 for 34, 4 for 33. I mean, call me crazy, this was uh, Saturday night. I was, uh, or Friday night, one of the, one of those nights, but I was up late watching this game on the NFL Network, laying on the couch. And I said, boy. Amir Abdullah was out there a lot. Alex was 4 for 16 in the score, but he was involved in the passing game as well. Um, you know, he's going to be a trade chip. Uh, I think that someone is going to be trading. So is the other guy, J- Jalen Richard, four for 35. Two guys that could definitely be moved from this game uh, to different teams. Uh, they look good week one. Karrion Johnson, very impressive. Marshawn Lynch, first or second play of the game, busted off about a 75-yard touchdown run that was called back. So for you Beast Mode supporters, that was good to see. He looked pretty good on that run. I'm not a Lynch guy, but I got to admit, he looked nice breakaway speed once he got loose. So it was good to see from the veteran. So Running backs galore here. Uh, I was a little disappointed in Kenny Galladay. Had a couple of drops, uh, you know, chances to make some plays. Did not make them, so that's a little concerning if you're a Galladay fan uh, with Marvin Jones and Golden Tate ahead if you think he's going to cut into their production. So hopefully in the second preseason game, it's a little little more for him, but he he looked a little off to me uh, as I did watch most of this game that night. I'll tell you right now, the Raiders like Jalen Richard. He is the backup running back. I don't know what's going to happen with Doug Martin, but he could be the third bound, uh, third down back there and a guy who could catch passes out of the backfield 100%. And the last game of the night, uh, week one preseason, uh, Vikings 42, Broncos 28. Tons of scoring and tons of guys making some impact, including one we never heard of before, Rob Thomas. I thought he was a singer for Matchbox 20. Yeah, Rock, <laughs> Rock Thomas. I, I, again, he's going to be behind Dalvin Cook. He's going to be behind Latavius Murray. So he can pop all he wants. I just don't think he's there unless there's an injury. Murray was solid, four for 43. Stefan Diggs had the great catch, three for 35 and a touchdown. Trevor Simeon, actually decent if you're looking for backup quarterbacks, 11 for 17, 165, two Ds and one interception. But certainly what I think is worthwhile is Chad Kelly was 14 to 21, 177 yards, two TDs, one interception, and three rushes for 38. The reason I'm talking about that is Paxton Lynch was terrible. And Scott, I put this tweet out the other day that in the last three years, Case Keenum had 3,400 total passing yards. Last year, he had 3,500. It is not out of the, the realm of variance that he has a bad season, gets injured. Remember him crawling around there in the Baltimore game looking for his helmet at the end a couple of years ago? I'm not sure that we can automatically pencil him to be great. And it, and it certainly, it looks like Chad Kelly is the backup there. So something to pay attention to, especially in dynasty leagues, unless you, you know, unless you're convinced that 30 year old Case Keenum, who suddenly popped here, is going to be a four or five year starter in Denver. Yeah. Paxton Lynch was terrible. Uh, and, you know, one of the followers to our podcast, a uh, Min Sue, he's a big Case Keenum guy. I can't figure out why. He tweets to me about Case Keenum all the time. Um, yeah, this could be a situation where Chad Kelly could be really involved uh, and be a threat to Case Keenum. 
And then Paxton Lynch, I think I think it's only one game, but he's already probably lost his backup job. Chad Kelly was very impressive. We saw Stefan Diggs score. Trevor Simeon coming back to haunt his former team. He looked okay. Should anything happen to Kirk Cousins? So a lot came out of this game. Uh, but yeah, Paxton Lynch, I uh, put a couple tweets about him in-game as well. He is uh, quickly on his way out of Denver because he looked brutal. Let's hit it in the fourth quarter. All right, my fourth quarter. Let's do a little dynasty talk. We'll talk a little bit dynasty. We are almost done with this league that we're drafting. This has been uh, going on. I think this is the officially the start of the third week. 21 days in the draft. We are in the 28th round. And you, my friend, made some noise today. You made a little bit of a deal. You traded a couple of, a future draft pick, which means you also now need to pay up for that year as well, my friend. So get the uh, Venmo account going. And you made a deal. You made a trade today, so talk to me about it. What'd you do, and what made you like the deal? Yeah, the trade came to me first. Uh, somebody in the league wanted Adam Thielen, and Adam Thielen was one of my top wide receivers. Certainly, he had 91 receptions, 1,276 yards last year, and that now they have Kirk Cousins. However, I was offered Marquise Lee, my guy Randall Cobb, who you know I love, and a second-round pick last year. I think Case, I think Adam Thielen can be fantastic this year with Kirk Cousins. They can be very solid, and Stefan Diggs always gets hurt, so certainly you could realize that he could be pretty decent. However, I think Randall Cobb this year can match Adam Thielen, or at least I think I'm able to plug and play Lee or uh, Cobb, depending on the matchup. And on top of that, I get a first-round pick, move over from a second to a first. I'll take my chances that Adam Thielen ain't banging out 80 reception seasons the next five years. I think I can ma- mix and match. We can do this at the end of the year. Whether Cobb slash Lee, when I start them, is better than Thielen, or at least in the ballpark, and that first-round pick is going to matter next year. And it's a wide receiver-heavy year next year in uh, the, in the rookie draft. So that was my thought process. I'll be able to get a good rookie next year at wide receiver, and I'll take the back balance of Cobb with Aaron Rodgers and Marquise Lee, who just got a big deal in Jacksonville. He's a PPR guy. So is Thielen. Thielen not huge with the touchdowns. Kyle Rudolph's there. Dalvin Cook is back. So I kind of tried to sell high on Thielen. I wasn't looking to shop him, but the offer came my way. I countered with, and he offered me a second. I, I countered with, I'll give a second, you give me a first, and I took it. Yeah, once I saw the deal, I kind of figured that the initial the initial deal probably involved the a second or a third round pick, and you probably would have countered with the first. It just kind of made sense. I know you're 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 more of a I think more of a Diggs guy than the Thielen guy. It could be wrong, but you, you like Thielen too. But yeah, I think uh, once I saw Cobb was involved, so I knew you were going to try to make this happen. Yeah, yeah, because that that's your guy with Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, I, I both ends. I like I like the deal on both ends. You know, obviously this guy was big on uh, Adam Thielen, so he made it happen, and uh, you know. Maybe making some more deals out there. There might be some more trade offers going around, but uh, it's, a, it's a good deal on both parts. It's nice to see a little trade activity as we go through this lengthy draft. It's been kind of, you know, kind of dull with the trade talk. I mean, a couple offers sent here and there, nothing crazy, but uh, yeah, solid deal around as we. Uh, middle of August here, getting closer and closer to the start. And it's tricky. Listen, if Lee and Cobb end up both injured for most of the year, this was a terrible deal. Because I think I, I have a decent team that can actually do some damage this year. But I'm banking on the fact that either Lee or Cobb will be healthy and that Adam Thielen's not going to blow him out of the water in terms of his production this year. You just get me through this year and call it even, it's a home run because I have a first-round pick next year now. That's my point. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you know, for sure. And another deal I want to bring a partner, which was getting uh, some feedback on Twitter, was I have that league last year in Dynasty where you know I got to the finals and I lost – and I did not have a quarterback. I, I waited on quarterback to an obscene amount last year in this dynasty startup. And I took Tyrod Taylor and Carson Palmer. Now, Carson Palmer retires and I'm stuck with Tyrod Taylor. So I needed another quarterback. The deal that was sent my way was I get Rivers and Gallup for Devonta Freeman, 
uh, Ben Watson and Terrell Pryor. Now, I think Terrell Pryor is a throwaway, so that didn't matter to me. And I think Ben Watson at his age is pretty much a one or two year rental. And I have other tight ends. So really what I did was Devonta Freeman for Gallup and for Phillip Rivers. I need a quarterback. I think Rivers has at least two years left on a good charge team. And I get Michael Gallup, who I think is going to become the wide receiver one in Dallas with a young quarterback in Dak Prescott. I'm a little concerned about Freeman. I put this out. This is a very polarizing tweet I put out. Some people defended Freeman. Some people on board. His receptions have gone down each of the last three years, Scott. His rushing uh, attempt, his rushing yards has gone down each of the last three years. He's had three concussions now, two last year, one a couple years ago. They have Tevin Coleman. I don't think it's automatic they let Tevin Coleman walk. I think Coleman could become more a part of this offense. And Freeman himself is not a great athletic marvel. So those guys tend to age poorly. You know, it's not like somebody who's going to have to rely on Mike Wallace, who can be in the league running deep routes for five more years, right? So I kind of think it's time to sell on Freeman. And you know, and I'd rather be a year early than a year late. What do you think on that deal? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the deal for you as well. I'm kind of with you on Freeman with the declining. You know, I, I, you know, I stay up to date with all your tweets. I mean, you are a, a thousand times more active than I am. So when you, you, have go, a life. Search, I don't. I, yeah, you go searching through your feed <laughs> and try to find these things. But these are some solid numbers that you put out on Freeman, and they make total sense. I do think Tevin Coleman's going to walk, though. I don't think they're going to bring him back because Freeman will still be under contract. Please go to Indianapolis. Please go yeah, to Indianapolis. Well, I don't know where he's going, but <laughs> I definitely think Coleman's going to walk. And listen, if, if uh, things fall apart in Pittsburgh with Le'Veon uh, Bell, I'd buy jersey. All open to I'd buy, I'd buy Tevin Coleman joining the, the fray in Pittsburgh. You would be so annoyed. I'd be I'd be coming on next year going, boy, I love my Steelers. I mean, it, it, you would be you would you would block me. You would be, be yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd be you'd be unbearable. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, the deal overall, I like Gallup, young wide receiver. You get back. You're a huge Philip Rivers guy. You always have been, and you were for the most part a Freeman guy. But I understand see where you're coming from with the decline in numbers, and a healthy Tevin Coleman is going to cut into that. So makes total sense. Solid move. I like it. Um, Gallup has a good future. And here's and- my yeah. And here's my thoughts, Scott. Too. So I think if I again if I get through this year, I think I'm home free. Here are my running backs this year: Jay Ajayi, Tevin Coleman, Melvin Gordon, Dion Lewis, Ty Montgomery. Kyle Yusek. Okay. But I, you know, so what I'm saying is I think I have enough running backs there. If Jay Ajayi gives me what I think he's going to give me, then I think Freeman's irrelevant. You know, like, so that's my key is next year, Freeman's close to, he's 28, maybe 29. Coleman, we're going to see what he, where he's going to be. I don't think I really need him there. And I like to add in Gallup. No? Yeah, no, I, I like the move. The only running back you're missing there is David Fluellen. Or maybe we'll get him at some point <laughs> He looks time. good, man. He yeah, looks get him, bad, get, him on, get him on your squad. Scott, no, look the, at him. Like, he's not bad. Yeah, yeah, he's not bad. The, the, deal, the deal makes sense for you. I mean, again, it's a, it's you know, it's hard to project these things in Dynasty. You know, you're taking on an older quarterback, but you're taking on a very young wide receiver, and you're giving up a running back who could be, you know, not that he's going to be, numbers, I mean, the numbers are what they are, but could be on the decline. But you never know. He could bounce back with a big-time year. So, you know, that's that's what these are all about in Dynasty. I don't know if you make that trade in, in redraft. I'm not sure if you do, you know, with, with, with those guys involved. But Dynasty standpoint makes total sense. And, uh, you know, you see where you go from there. You know, So your running backs are solid. You get a nice young receiver. And you give up a guy who's splitting time this year. So. Scott, this team is so loaded. I'm sorry. Geronimo Allison, Cole Beasley, Michael Crabtree, Edelman, Gallup, Pierre Garçon, Richard Matthews, Anthony Miller, and John o. Smith, a tight end. I mean, how can you lose it? <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever heard the terms team is loaded and Cole Beasley in the same sentence before well, until right If now. Alan Hearns is hurt. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. If Alan Hearns is hurt, we go to Michael Gallup and then – 
we go to one of the 47 no-name tight ends that they have. Rico Gathers looked good today. We had a nice big catch in the uh, training camp, one-handed down the uh, down the sidelines there. So very very interesting stuff. Quick question. Oh, no, Brashard Permian, a three for 73 and a yeah. touchdown. Any chance he uh, – is saving his roster spot with Baltimore after that performance? He may. I think once the games get started, he's not a slot guy, right? So once the games get started, I think it's going to be Willie Sneed in the slot. He's a fourth receiver there. Could he make the team and save his spot? Yes. And then if somebody gets hurt, obviously Crabtree, the one catch for 30 yards, is the main guy. And John Brown is feast or famine, right? He's Deshaun Jackson. He's best ball. That's what he is. But yeah, if somebody gets hurt, yeah, would I pick up Perriman? I'd like to see him make it because he has good draft capital. And did either one of those Green Bay receivers, we talked about him in the breakdown, but did either one of them worry you a little bit about Cobb? Did Valdez Scantling no, look good to you? No, and Equinemius, Equinemius St. Brown looked good in practice, and there's Jamon Moore. It's going to be Cobb. You know it's Rodgers. He's going to trust the 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 veteran. Kumaro looks good. Valdez Scantling, no thank you. No, it's going to be Cobb. They're just prepping it enough. Cobb gets hurt, then you can dump him in Dynasty because no one's picking him up. But he's ridiculous. But he's still young. He's still ascending, and he had 10 touchdowns. They like Cobb. He's going to be the guy. The third wide receiver, Jerron Mallison, I think he's got some competition. But no, I, I think Randall Cobb is very safe. Look, I'm just looking for a low-end wide receiver two season from Randall Cobb. That's all I'm looking for. Scott, that's like 65 receptions, 900 yards, and six touchdowns. I think that is well within his range of outcomes. It sure is. Any concerning fact to you that on Johnson was listed as the number two on the initial depth chart, not number one? No, because I think he's going to take it over. Amir Abdullah is useless to me. They don't believe in Amir Abdullah. They have Blunt there for the short yardage. I'm not buying Amir Abdullah. I'm just not. I think he's going to be gone, and I, I, I'm just done with him. I, I, that's it. Kerryon Johnson is bigger, stronger. He's SEC player of the year. He's got the, He showed everything. And the reason I put that clip out, he had the stiff arm. He had the spin move. He had the breakaway speed. He switched the ball. He did it all. So, I mean, I just don't know why you would stick with Amir Abdullah. He hasn't popped. He's been injury prone and he's not nearly as big as Johnson. So not concerned. I'm also off a of theoretic a little bit. I kind of think he's going to go, you know, to the wayside. No, I'm pretty solid on that. And are we in agreement in agreement that the best performance in week one preseason was Baker Mayfield? I think it's got to be, man. I mean, two touchdowns. He comes in as a rookie. He shows patience. You know, he showed some touch there. He had a decent, he had a real solid arm. I think so. I liked uh, Tarad. I liked Taylor. But I just, I'm concerned. I, I feel badly. I'd love to see Terod Taylor actually have a full year with those weapons. But how do you not start the kid? Are the Browns making the playoffs, Scott, this year? I mean, so how do you not start them? Like, you well, were I just mean, saying, you, throw you, Josh you, Allen out You there. think they're winning the division. So if they win the division, I think, the playoffs. Right? I, I, my prediction was, I, I think they, they're six and ten-ish. That's what I think. I think they're six and ten-ish. And I do think that they are going to surprise your Steelers in the first week. Well, I absolutely think you're that. still sitting at plus five and plus 240 on the money line. And you've yet to put your money where your mouth is, my not friend. You. I don't have don't, to make a don't, bet. Don't wait until don't wait until the line goes down to three. It's like, oh yeah, now I'm gonna hop on and get that value. If I I will be hopping on my bookie. We support my bookie here on the podcast. I can guarantee you there's a bet coming down there. But I'm not like you. It's not like you don't you can't make predictions unless you wager money. I, I don't even oh, know what that not, means. That's to do with it. But you know, this 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 prediction has a you have a little more behind this prediction. I can, you would love um, love big one. To have your partner be miserable. Partner <laughs> on our on our podcast on our podcast life, I will have a bet down with the Browns getting the points. You can take that to the bank. Yeah, well, I may even I'll, grab the money. We'll have, we'll have to see that image tweeted out. Oh, no doubt, hundred percent. You got it, uh, folks. Don't forget to follow the pe- podcast at put blitz on Twitter. Scott at scot five five seven. Myself at Randall Rant. Send us questions. Send us tweets. Make fun of us. Do whatever you want. We appreciate the support and would always love a five star rating interview if at all possible. Absolutely. Follow the writing. Last word on pro football. I got the score across sports for my NFC East preview teams coming out. 
shortly. And uh, Mike, you still working on that uh, thirty-five thousand word article? Uh, still working on it. And a Jets preview, Scott. Get ready for it. It'll drop on Thursday morning. RB thirty-two. Outstanding. <laughs> we'll see you, folks. <laughs> <laughs>